the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still escape our eyes. Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with a very special guest, but before we introduce her, I just wanted to give a shout out to my partner in justice, Benita Hopkins, who can't be here today, but just wanted to know that I am thinking about her and I hope she's having a great one. Um, we are in for a treat. Uh, we have a uh, an awesome young leader in our community who has been doing some fabulous work over the uh, last you know five, ten years, really just uh, taking on variety of issues that span across uh, poverty, um, the the access to education, um, access to um, uh, will you know employment, and uh, really working to get people uh, in in all communities uh, to a place that they want to go, which is a place of safety, a place of freedom, and a place of complete restoration, especially for those that have been in, in traumatic experiences like uh, our survivors of human trafficking. So we have with us today. Uh, uh, the I believe this is the founder, right, of Women's Creative Collective, and that's Zania Sims. Welcome. Thank you. Well, well, thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, and so we we're going to be doing some really exciting things with Zania in the coming months. Uh, Love never fails and protect. That is, um, but I wanted to take some time before we talk about those new endeavors to talk about the young women's uh, or not young women's. I keep saying young women's because you guys are all so young and beautiful. But um, the women's creative collective um, to talk about sort of what your charter is. Um, uh, you know, I've heard some pretty amazing stories about the ways in which the women come together and sort of support each other and love each other. And also a lot of the partnerships, you have a partnership with um, um, Alan Blueford Center for Justice and uh, with Regina's Door, a variety of other uh, partners out there and, and you're doing great work with them. So maybe we can just start with, you know, why, um, you know, you, you've, you've obviously got a, a focus on uh, working with young people and, and creating um opportunities for young people and just people in general. Um, and, and, and tell me a little bit more about why that is, um, you know, what, what, uh, has gotten you to this place where you've focused in this area and then what you're doing with the women's creative collective. 
Okay. So my interest in working with young people started when I would say I consider myself a young person, not that I'm not still young, young at heart. <laughs> I told her that I'm still young, so she just <laughs> right. let me be, baby. <laughs> You're a girl as long as you feel like you are on the inside, right? right? So um, back when I was a youth, I was I got very involved in youth, youth activism when I was in high school. I was a part of a program called Yale and um, y Plan and just about every other organization they had at my high school. I mean, I would get there at 7 a.m. and leave at like 7 p.m. Oh, I just was yeah. volunteering and everything. And um, I helped open up the Chappelle Hayes Health Center at my high school. And I just lived there, basically. Yeah. But I just always had a drive for I just feel like there's just something magical in young people. There's just this twinkle and they just feel like they can do every anything. It's like the world is at their feet. And if we could just keep that all the way through life. I just imagine the way the world would be. But there's just this this unique glimmer that you see in the eyes of, of youth. And I I love that. I love yeah. working with them for that reason. I love the potential. I love that they feel like they can do anything, that anything's possible. And people see them that way as well. And so the opportunities just kind of unfold at their feet. So for me, I got into it young when I was a youth, and I just kind of continued to work with the population, continuing to volunteer. Um, I was a ministry. I, I got into ministry leadership when I was 23, mm. right when I got out of grad school, and I was a youth and young adult ministry leader for almost four years. So I worked with it was supposed to be just the adults is, is what I came into. And my pastor was like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> the youth need you too. And so I was working with everybody from zero up to 30, which is such a large spectrum to work with. But my main focus was the teens. So, um, ages 11 to 17 and then the young adults, which was like 18 to 30, but it pretty much kind of cut off like 25 or 26. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, planning curriculum, doing summits, partnershiping with other churches, other organizations. Um, I mean, just the full spectrum, putting on different events, uh, planning out. I mean, we had a, a performing arts ministry. We used to praise dance. We had the young mm-hmm. boys in it doing their marching. So, I mean, it just it was just so much fun. And um, so then, then that's also that segued into um, work in the community as well. And so. I started off working with this organization called Oakland Mind. They're still in existence. They've transformed a lot over the years. When I first came into, I believe it was in like 2013, they were pretty much all guys, and it was just me. And they did ciphers. And I really loved the way that they were, um, the way their organization ran. It was just, it was very easygoing. And they, it was just, it was basically a collective of artists, and they all did different things. But the biggest event that they put on was just like a cipher, and they would like go all over Oakland and do it. And one thing I noticed is that there wasn't really a space very much for women there. And so working with them, they were like, "We want you to pull in more women, like bring in more women into like the performing arts sector, getting them into like ciphering, feeling comfortable, just kind of like freestyling." And so I tried to pull in some women, but they always felt that the way that the guys were was very competitive and kind of not very inviting. Mm -hmm. So we put on a ladies night and it was a bomb. Yeah, (laughs) it was just 
it did not go well, and it was not well received by the women in the community. Oh, see, I, th- I thought you were saying it was the bomb, no, though. No, it bombed. Oh, see, you got to be specific. It was the bomb, no, you said. We were, I, I was hoping for that. I don't know what the guys were hoping for. I think they were, I think we had different agendas, and I don't know if they were communicated fully, um, but it bombed. Okay. And so I'm sorry. From, no, no, don't be sorry. Cause from that you birth learned. really, no, yeah. no. Well, even better. So the, the ladies that I met that night were like, why are we letting guys lead something for us? Like the, if we're, if there's supposed to be a ladies night, if it's supposed to be a women's cipher, why can't, why aren't we taking that power into our own hands and, and doing that? And I, the ladies I met that night are the members of the women's creative collective now. Wow. So from that, we branched out and we were just like, we were going to hold our own ladies night. Mm -hmm. And it turned into an entire organization. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even foresee that. So we had a meeting about three weeks later. It took a while to pull us all together. And there were four of us. It was Amani Shah, a young lady named Drew, who has relocated at this point, um, and myself. And we met at a coffee shop. And we sat down and we planned it all out. And Mm -hmm. a month later, we held the event in November 2014 Mm -hmm. and um, it was really successful and we ended up there were all kind of segments to it there was a dance section portion there was um, the cypher there was people wanted to do open mic and so we realized that there were a lot of different needs that weren't being met in the community and our first event we held it at Key Lumbo Mm -hmm. and that actually ended up being the normal place that we would hold our um, our ciphers and so it turned into a cipher slash open mic. Mm-hmm. And um, well, just so everybody who's listening, a cipher is a place where uh, you can do freestyle mm-hmm. um, rap, basically. So, yes. OK, I mean, a lot of our listening audience might not know. OK, that, so, so yes, it's, yeah, it's basically getting in circling up and free. I mean, ciphers could be multiple different arts, but it's basically circling, getting in a circle and freestyling an art. An it's art commonly mm-hmm. known as uh, or it's commonly Rapping basically is what people what people identify a cipher as, but it could be dancing, it could be singing, it can be a combination of multiple different art styles. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just basically freestyling it. Nice, and yeah. So, um, but from that, we realized that you know there, like we said, there were a lot of needs that weren't being met. So it turned into a hybrid of an open mic and a what we call the sister cipher. That's mm-hmm. that's what we um, call ourselves. That's what we're known as in Oakland is yeah, the sister, sister cipher. Sorry. So we're yeah. the women's led cipher in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I, I got to give, give a shout out to my niece, Amani. Hi, Amani boo. Amani. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we've had her on the show, um, in the past and, uh, we're just so, um, I'm, I'm so amazed to see how she's come along as a young lady. And I really feel that, um, this participation in this group has really, um, even further empowered her. She just really come into her own and then she brings that into, I'm sure the other ladies is, is this beautiful that you you're working together in that regard. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I want to um, uh, hear more about some of the things that you're doing and the healing power of sisterhood. So we'll come back and thank you for listening to abolition radio. We'll be back with more abolition radio right after these messages. Welcome back to abolition radio, where you are invited to join the fight. 
Against Human Trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. I'm in the studio today with the founder of the Women's Creative Collective of from Oakland, and her name is Zania Sims. Nice to have you on the show. And it's wonderful to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just kind of sharing with us how the collective came to be formed in the Sistar Cypher um, events that are going on, uh, women's-led Cypher events that are going on um, throughout uh, Oakland, or is it in, in the Bay Area? Mostly through in Oakland, but okay. we've, we've performed in Berkeley all the way down to Palo Alto. So we, we get around. But for nice. the most part, most of our events are in Oakland. So a question for you. So a couple of the ladies um, from actually our houses have asked if they can participate in that, you know, in those events. And and um, the reason they're asking is because some of some of the events are after curfew, our curfew. You know, they're a little bit later at night. So they're like, hey, can we you know, can we stay out late tonight? And and so tell me, what does it look like um, in terms of, you know, somebody who let's say someone who's a survivor of trafficking, who has experienced a, a, a ton of trauma? Right. Um, Coming into that environment, the words that are being spoken. I mean, and I'm asking, I'm just being straight up because, you know, in hip in the hip hop world, there's a lot of language and a lot of ideology that's being shared that is, um, you know, going to keep them in a certain mindset that we're trying to free them from. And so I'm just wondering what kind of, um, you know, what's the message that's being shared there? I am so glad that you asked that, because that is that is that the foundation of what we represent and who we are. That was one of the big uh, parts of, of how we wanted to identify differently from so many of the ciphers that we have been to. We are not only women led, but we also are a positive space where our message is open hearts, open arts. And so we, we specifically require that people come with a positive message. So um, it's, we, we do not, it's not that people cannot use profanity, but it can't be used in a way that is like derogatory towards someone or disrespectful or something. It's, it has to be more in like an expression or maybe like um, sharing, reflecting or something of that right. sort. And we do not allow like any derogatory terminology toward anyone. So it we nothing racist, nothing sexist, nothing ages, nothing homophobic. Um, anything that puts down any 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 group, anyone in any type of way, or or even man a man a man to another man, putting putting them down. Our message is about being positive. So yeah. um, we require that on the mic. We will actually take the mic from you and check you. Okay, <laughs> you, all right. If you you know get a little bit beside yourself, and we'll give it back. But we'll just be like, hey, yes, you know, positive positive we, message. Let's right. keep it positive or something like that in a fun way and hand it back to you, so you'll know. Um, and then when, when we also have featured artists yeah. and we let we send them an email and it, it outlines like what their material needs to be about. Um, if it is over over PG, mm-hmm. they need to warn in, in advance because we get a lot of children to come to our events. Everybody from zero to 100 comes to our events. So people are welcome to bring their children. People bring their grandparents. Um, so, so, awesome. so, yeah, so we like so warn it in advance if, it, if your material is going to be a little bit risque or something of that sort. So if people want to leave the room or if they want to remove their children, they have the option. So, yeah, that, that, that is, is that's really big. So we're all about that. language that isn't triggering, that isn't um, damaging, that isn't oppressive that isn't putting anybody down we want people to come in and be able to express themselves and also it's a challenge because like you said there's so much in hip-hop there's so much in um rap right now that is negative that is derogatory that is oppressive that is um exploitive exploitative Mm -hmm. and so we're challenging people to we're like hey you know come 
express something positive. Get out of that box. Get out of that box. Yeah. Like let let's get let's get somewhere else. So we're we're breaking the mold by by asking people by requiring people to move outside of that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You know, we find ourselves like I was talking to my son who has who's a rapper and uh, I was talking to him about uh, Christian hip hop. And and he was saying, like, I've just, you know, I love some of the beats, but it's like the same message over and over. And he's like, I wish. And the message is one of salvation or the message is one of, uh, you know, encouragement. But, um, you know, even in that space, there's like, how can we go further? Go, You know, let's study a portion of the word that's talking about the mustard seed, let's say, for example, and talk about how the seed develops and the size of the seed and what, you know, the implications of only needing faith as big as a mustard seed and, and get a little creative with it, you know, not just, you know, the, the, the fundamentals of the message. And so if you want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, relationships in, in this country, you know, number one off the table is calling, you know, people bees and, you know, my, you know, my in and my this and that it's like, okay, well, how can we take it further? Right. Right. And so, and then, and then even further, like the, the exploring thoughts and feelings and pain and, um, and, you know, times when you may have been cheated on and, t- you know, real topics, but doing it in a way that's like, how, how can, how can I move forward uh, from this in a positive direction? And, um, I just love that you guys are doing that. I, I, I had the opportunity. I actually purchased Amani's album, um, digital album and, um, and it's beautifully done. Yes. Um, and you know, and and I got to tell you, a couple of my other nieces and nephews, some of their lyrics are full of profanity and there's some B and this and that in it. And, you know, I try to encourage them. Great. You know that you're stepping out into your music. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I wish you were doing something different. Mm-hmm. And actually, they've been shifting towards something um, a little bit different as of late. And I love where they're headed. And we're just in these phases where, yes. you know, maybe we do what we're what we think everybody wants to hear. And we try to appeal to the mass. And then we get real and we're like, uh, that's not really me. And I'm really going to be me. And I just feel like Amani is like there where she's, you know, it's really her. And I, and and I wonder, is that kind of your agenda is to make sure that the young women in, in Oakland in particular are really being who they are? Absolutely. And that we're creating a space where they feel like their voices can be heard, that their voices are valuable, that they're important and that they have a powerful message. Amani is a powerful lyricist. We all have different skill sets within the organization. And she's definitely our best lyricist, yeah. I would say, FMC. Um and I just I really respect her in that aspect because she does challenge herself as an artist. She does challenge herself as a rapper. Um, and her work with children is so valuable to her that she's always asking us questions about how we can be child appropriate as an mm. organization, how we can create that. a space where she can bring her youth into it. And and I'm always thinking that way, too, after working with children for so many years and working with youth, especially in ministry and the sensitivity that you have to have in that. She and I both see eye to eye on that. And how can we create a space where parents feel comfortable bringing their children to hang out with the sister cipher? Right. Parents feel comfortable bringing their children to hear the messages that we're allowing to because we're allowing these people to speak on our mic you know right. this is this is our um this is our space and we're allowing people to come and share what they're sharing in that space and so you know we have to take responsibility for that and so i just really respect um 
the how sensitive she is about the lyrics that she writes and what she says in them because mm-hmm. of who she knows is listening right. and how that not only affects them but also represents her as well as an artist and so Absolutely. we're we're really big about that in general as an organization you know one of the things that's coming to my mind is that as we're developing we're rolling out our prevention education program which we're going to talk about in the next segment and some of the work we'll be doing with you um as we're rolling that out um you know, one of the things that we don't want to do is just deliver education, prevention education and and roll off and go somewhere else. It's like we want to create a culture, a community of safety Absolutely. that um, provides artistic expression, provides, you know, a cognitive counseling, clinical infusion into the schools, um, you know, provides uh, sports Activities, all of those things in my mind, influencing all of those touch points that create an experience for a student is how you, um, how you address this issue of, of children being vulnerable to human trafficking. And I would love to see, uh, you know, uh, your creative, your collective, um, be a part of that, especially in Oakland and in San Francisco and, you know, throughout the Bay area. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we could be like, and we want to do like a little workshop, like a women's, (laughs) you know, creative workshop where we bring you after we do our prevention education, we just bring you guys in and we, we have like a little open mic time and we even challenge the children like okay you guys need to go off and you know think about what you want you know you you want to talk about but like challenge you we're not going to use profanity we're going to try to be more creative than just going with the you know the you know the lack of of language really because oftentimes we return to profanity because i'm not talking about storytelling from the past but we just turn to it because we don't know how to articulate how we feel absolutely so anyway I just got some things rolling through my mind now, <laughs> but it's about that time that we go to break. Hey, okay. We'll be back with Abolition Radio and hope you're having a great day. Hey, <laughs> see you in a minute. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. I'm so embarrassed that I was trying to rhyme in the last segment, but that's okay. <laughs> Just shows that I'm a woman, I'm creative, and I'm now trying to get into the collective. <laughs> Absolutely. Slowly, surely. <laughs> it definitely won't be called a young woman's collective if I get in it. Okay, anyway, so we're in the studio today with Zania Sims, and she is absolutely inspiring me um, and, and just helping me to uh, be reminded of how important it is that we come together we learn about what each other you know what everybody in the community is doing and just really um uh lift each other up you know and bring 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 people to bear and their areas of strength and assignment and gift um so tell me more about so today you said you've done some you had some recent changes with the collective and and it's kind of leading you towards um, what you'll be doing with uh, protect right so, so some sort of uh, cross-section there and just for everybody who's listening um, protect is an acronym that stands for prevention organized to educate children on trafficking and it is a California uh, initiative uh, that has been developed uh, it's a prevention education initiative 
initiative for all 5th, 7th, 9th, and 11th grade students in California uh, uh, that has been designed curriculum and system. Uh, that is a whole program has been designed by Love Never Fails in partnership with Three Strands Global and with Frederick Douglass Family Initiative. And uh, we are partnered up with the California Department of Education and the Office of the Attorney General. And we're so honored to be able to uh, integrate all of our curriculums, prevention and uh, curriculums, which have been delivered, by the way, to over 100,000 students throughout uh, uh, throughout the U.S. Uh, with the largest penetration in California. 100,000 students have received each of our individual curriculums. Now we've snapped those curriculums all together and we're working as one team with one goal, and that is to reduce the vulnerability of children in California, making safer communities safer children. Um, so tell me about that transition there with the uh, Women's uh, Creative Co- uh, Collective. Okay. So like I was talking about us doing ciphers and um, our open mics and realizing that there were a lot of needs in the community that weren't being met, um, we had a conversation where we said that as an organization, what we originally agreed on, what we wanted to continue to do was to identify what the needs of the community were and to make sure we were always um, being willing to transition and to basically uh, reform ourselves to meet that, whatever it, whatever it is, um, to be flexible to that. So earlier this year, when we, we had a conversation, we did a realignment. And so um, our focus now is art, activism, and community economics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we realize that those are needs in the community. We have a lot of artists. We have a lot of people that are um, interested in being activists in many capacities and a lot of needs that need to be met, especially in the Oakland community. Um, and then there are so many young people that are looking for creative outlets to be able to make money doing their art and um, that have different organizations that they're doing and different um different skill sets, different services that they offer. And so we really wanted to highlight that and create a space for all of those things. So we all decided we were going to spearhead different things. Mm. And so we did a residency at Regina's Door in October of last year. And it was in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We did a zine called Black Girl Healing, and we did um, an album as well, where Mm. we basically read poetry and rapped on it, and we sold the zine and the album out of Regina's door, and we did two different ciphers and open mics and um, showcases of different female artists. And it was just so powerful. It was beautiful. I actually got offered uh, tickets to a Jill Scott concert, and I turned them down so that I could be there. Because I was like, you know what? We're we're know, my favorite right. celebrities. That's we right. are the sister cipher. So. You should have told Jill, you need to come through. <laughs> exactly. Cancel that concert, girl. Exactly. And I was so happy I did. It was just so powerful. And from that, um, I learned about the work that Regina was doing um, in the human trafficking. And I was just touched by it. And I said, this is what I want to spearhead. This is what I want to spearhead within the Women's Creative Collective. And so um, we have artists that are still spearheading, like the sister. So Amani is still focusing on the sister side for Hannah Sings. She's doing work in her own capacity. Shaw um, produces. She like does our. She's our poet, so she produces our zines and things of that sort in our writing. Marisa is our DJ, and so she does like a lot of the events right now. She's leading um, a women let a women DJ party where it's all the DJs are women, and it's to allow female DJs to make money doing events as well. So she's our like community economics piece. 
Um, and we also wow. still feature artists on our what we call the cut table, which is a community uplift table. Mm-hmm. So we say put it in the cuts. So that's if you have any type of service or anything you want to advertise or organization that you're in or business that you do, we have an area for it. It's free of charge and you can advertise and do marketing there as well. So, you know, back in my day, the cut was something else. We have redefined it. We yeah. do a lot of re- we do a lot of I'll redefining. See you in the cut. Don't let me catch you in the cut. It's a positive place now. Okay, we we take a lot of things. You see, that's what we're doing. We that's are right. we are breaking down the barriers. We are taking things that mean taking one negative thing, and we are redefining them that's and moving right. them somewhere that's else. Right. So. I love that. I was like in the cut when you put it in the cut. Oh, no, no. Not anymore. It's community uplift table. Don't forget. I like that. Okay, so when you see me, let's make sure we keep it in the cut. That's right. In the community uplift Uplift table. table. That's it. There you go. All right. So I love this. I love this. I, I, you know, and each person working in their strengths. Yes. Amazing. And um, I love that you were sitting there in Regina's door and she provides this safe place for people to just operate in their gifts. I mean, it's so aligned with that, you know, that art, you know, that just being a creative, being an artist and being able to fully express who you are. Um, so you you took that on to continue that. Correct. Yes. And so how is that happening today? Oh, goodness. So, so much. Um, so I started training. Um, I would, so first I would, I would, I would just, I kept coming back to Regina's door. So trying to figure out however, however I could support her, how I could participate in things, be a part of any training she was having, any event that she was having with regards to, um, combating sex trafficking of minors. And then I told her one day, I just came in early this year and I was like, I want to be an abolitionist. Mm -hmm. And she said, Yay! And then she said, we need to get you trained. Mm-hmm. So then I came to your training. Yay! Awesome! <laughs> yes. Um, and then I attended a couple more that Regina had at Regina's door. And then the WCC actually um, co-hosted one. So we like we helped support one that she had there. And um, we, we partnershiped with Wombs and Oakland Mine to launch I will not participate which is um on the demand side so it's yep. basically trying to pull in young men yeah uh, and because they're a big part of it and they're you just in this fight you see so many women you see so many young girls that right. are either on the um survivor side of it or they're they're battling it they're they're abolitionists in it but we needed more men and so Najee has spearheaded that and Najee is um the founder of Oakland Mind mm, and so that's why I know him mm-hmm. okay and then Wombs, the Wombs was in it and that's his his uh, queen Omi she leads that and then the WCC partnered with them as well and we all came in and, and launched um I will not participate and it's just a lot and I've been working with Love Never Fails I've yeah. been attending the CSEC meetings yep. that, um in Oakland and San Francisco and it's it's just it's a lot of information but it's just it's such valuable work there's so much going on especially in my city I'm a resident of Oakland I was born and raised there I live there now and just seeing what's going on with you know the police department right now and just the statistics as well yeah um you know with regards to how we're 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 leading right in this and that's just you know it's disgusting to me and I just yeah, I'm like, I, I can't live there and not do something and, and not combat this and not be a part of this. Yeah. So I, I saw a press release that Mayor Schaff issued last week, uh, earlier in the week um, that uh, showed that she had concluded her investigation of OPD and that four officers were um, were fired 
and I believe 25 other officers were disciplined mm. for inappropriate behavior. I was very pleased to hear that um, the officers were held accountable yes. um, because I know that at least amongst the survivors that I've been speaking to, the people are afraid to call Absolutely. for help because they, they they don't know what they might meet. And so uh, anyway, um, the, you know, it feels like people are really being vocal and doing, doing the right thing. But when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what we're doing with Protect and, uh, and uh, really uh, exciting uh, to have you participate in that work effort. And um, we'll just come back and chat a little more about that. And thanks for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So uh, we are talking about the Young Creative Collective, I'm sorry, the Women's Creative Collective out of Oakland and a variety of activities that, that they've got going on, including entrepreneurship and um, empowering young ladies there and uh, the Sister Cypher events that are going on on the second Saturday of every month and po- partnerships th- throughout, uh, you know, Oakland and with other people who are working sort of in the same vein to provide um, to provide a platform for communication, for creativity, for um, the sharing of positivity amongst young people. And so um, just in, in kind of kind of brand into that from a Love Never Fail standpoint, one of the things that I'm so excited about is um, we are bringing uh, Zania on as well as um, uh, a woman named Sarah, who is actually a descendant of Booker T. Washington. Um, and the two of them are going to be going uh, forth into the Bay Area to deliver the Protect Education Program. And uh, we'll be starting that in the October time frame. Um, and, um, you know, one of the first schools that we're going go to go into is actually a school that works with young ladies who are either pregnant or have small children. And it's a, it's a secondary uh, education school and super excited about both you and Sarah joining our team to, um, you know, bring that, that, um, education forward. How are you feeling about that? I am so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, some of the things uh, just in terms of your background that, um, I wanted people to kind of hear because I just think I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that, um, you know, there you were, we needed you and there you were. And, uh, and, um, you know, God is just always on time. You Absolutely. Know? He is always on time. And so, um, you have a bachelor's degree from UC Berkeley in social welfare and an MBA. And yes, we said MBA mama <laughs> from, <laughs> from Notre Dame. And, um, obviously that's in business. And so, um, you know, with those kinds of skills and, and Sarah has a, you know, a leadership uh, she, she's leading the Booker T. Washington um, collabor- or organization as well in Oakland. And she is doing, a, she's an, a published author and she's a, a public speaker and she's an executive coach. And so between the two of you, you're doing such amazing things. And to bring that in, two powerful women, um, bring that in to um, um, the schools, 
to work with young women and young men. And I should mention, um, you have a background doing case management with young men. Um, well, in the reentry program, right? You started off with first place for youth. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And then you also have done, you were an education um, employment specialist. Um, and so for foster youth, correct? Yes. So you have this experience that spans not just across, you know, women, but young, young men as well yes. that you can bring to bear as as you're teaching um, prevention education. How powerful is that? Oh, I think I think it's going to be great. And I'm excited <laughs> to work with Sarah as well. And yeah. it seems like we both bring in a lot of experience and skill sets and knowledge and hopefully wisdom. I hope I have a little bit of wisdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit um, that we can come together in partnership and, and really be effective and really, I mean, the most important part is is positively impacting the youth's lives and preparing and equipping them with the the right tools that they need in order to um, be aware of what to avoid of how to not be um, victimized in this. So prevention is such a big part of it. I think a lot of times we don't talk about that. We don't focus on it. We're not really big on preventative education, preventative care, or preventative anything I feel like in this country. And it's unfortunate, but um, if we put in the time and the resources and the effort into preventing you know, illness, whether it's um, physical illness, whether it's illness of the mind, whether it's um, exploitation, that's that's his own form of illness. Right. If we really focus on that, we we actually would save ourselves a lot of resources in the tail end of it, because, you know, it's a lifetime um, Ruined. commitment yeah. and investment yeah. in, once someone has been victimized in this capacity. Yeah. Um, and, and when somebody gets ill in any capacity, if you're talking about the healthcare side of it, um, it the resources that go into it, it's, it's yeah. And, you know, I take it back. I said ruined, but it's really not ruined. It's because we know we, I'm a firm believer in healing and restoration. Absolutely. And so it's it's just, you know, it's trouble along the way that yeah. we'd like to avoid. You know, we you know, if we can, if we can help our young people to avoid um, those pitfalls by teaching them pre- proactively about it, um, you know, it's it's a life spared uh, lots of unnecessary pain yes, and, um, and recuperation. Right. And- yeah. And you know, it's so interesting. A, a study was done, um, in the state of Minnesota with 500 survivors. And, um, I always, when I go and speak with corporations and, uh, government agencies, I bring forth this study, um, because it shows that, um, for every dollar that you spend in prevention, you save $34 in intervention. And so <clears throat> with that population of just 500 um, students, I, I or actually some of them were young adults, but 500 people, survivors, um, I believe they estimated that each one of them would have um, saved the state $59 million had they been, they received you know, some sort of prevention education. And so, you know, we, we, one of the things we're really excited about with protect is that we have a, um, a, um, research model that's attached to the process. So it's not just going flying in doing a prevention education and flying out, but it's looking at how did the person start? What was their awareness? Where did it land up? And then coming back fifth, seventh, ninth, 11th grade so that we're not just, 
you know, touching on this topic one time and thinking that somebody will have all the answers. We come back, we revisit the concepts, we build upon the previous years and we create a culture of safety, um, that, um, that is, is very powerful and, um, long lasting our goal. So in fifth grade, we are really, um, we're, we don't really talk too much about human trafficking. I think it does come up in the way of labor trafficking. We talk about freedom and things of that nature, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, um, head on talking about human trafficking because we want to make sure it's age appropriate. Right. Fifth grade is more about safe people, safe choices, safe places. And so talking about what does that mean? Because a child that's being abused by their own family um, may not be aware that a safe place and a safe person isn't necessarily their family member. Right. And they need the freedom. They need the permission to explore that and look at different behaviors that, that are indicators of safety. And so fifth grade, you have that and that's slated right into the family systems, um, um, uh, um, curriculum, education code, right. For CDE. So you don't, you're not asking a teacher to do something outside of what they're already expected to do. You're satisfying health, uh, the education codes. And then you go into seventh grade and the focus is around sex, sex, sex education, um, which again, around their, their code, right. The education code. And it's talking about what is human trafficking and what is abuse. Right. And then, and, and also not only that, but we, we deal with the issue of value you, that yes. you're valuable, you're important. You're actually, we talk about their, you know, them being a masterpiece. And then you go into this, the, the, the ninth grade. And we talk about it more from a, you know, what are all the external factors that influence um, your health? And so this is a public health piece, meaning social media, meaning drugs and alcohol, meaning other risk factors that, that lower your, you know, your make you vulnerable to trafficking. And then lastly, in the 11th grade, it's all about making them into a modern day abolitionist. So like you came up to Regina and said, I'm ready to be, a, I'm ready. That's the goal for every person is for them to sign up, sign me yes. up. Um, what was the name of the group that you just formed? Not, I will not participate. Yes. It's that. And I love that you're doing that. We want to replicate that all over California. And so I'm just so grateful that you and Sarah have signed up. And of course, you know, Benita and I will be right there behind you, cheering you on. And as well as Ashley and Ken and, and, and Robert from all the organizations just um, there to support you. Um, and so more to come from Zania in that regard. Um, we are going to come back in just a moment and hear about some events that she and the uh, Women's Creative Collective are putting on actually tonight. Um, this will uh, be a very uh, good time and an opportunity for you to just go ahead and slip those shoes on and get your, your jeans and your t-shirt on and, and, and hit the door and get out there and have some fun tonight. So um, we'll tell you that right when we come back a little bit about that and some other events that we have going on in the community. And thanks so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. 
And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with the founder of the Women's Creative uh, Co- uh, Collective out of Oakland, Zania Sims. And we're having a great conversation, um, just learning so much from you, Zania. And uh, I wanted to just take a moment to invite our listening audience out this evening uh, to the uh, the actual Sister Cipher that's happening tonight at 8 o'clock at the Allen Bluford. Is it a center? Allen Bluford Center? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's 234 uh, Telegraph in Berkeley. That's tonight at 8 o'clock. So um, come bring your kids, bring grandma, bring your mom, you know, um, and bring your positivity uh, and, uh, and, and be a part of uh, something that sounds like it's very, you know, very... Um, it's it's a journey into um, that a place of, of freedom and a place of safety and and of course of expression um, and empowerment. So um, do do come out and join. Are there any other activities going on in the community that folks should know about? Good question. Come out to the sister cipher and you'll find out. We okay. have, like I said, we have a cut table. So a lot of times. Um, our other community members and other organizations that we partner with will actually advertise their events on the table. So there will be something else good there. There will be something else that you can come to positive that's within line, uh, within the line of what we do as well and what we support and promote. So, and if you have anything that you want to market or advertise um, in positive realm within the Bay Area, you can totally bring it and put it on our cut table. Uh, we ask that people get there at 730 so, or by 730 so that they can sign up for the open mic if they want to participate. And then if you don't get a chance to make it in time to get on our list of 10, then you can stay for the cipher and you can share your art in that capacity as well. Um, when we circle up and everybody is sharing their art and their heart. So, yeah, it's great. Come on out and you'll find out about some more things going on in the community as well. Nice. And that's every uh, second Saturday of the month. And also, if you want to learn more about uh, the uh, the group, you, you can go to their website, which is SISTAR, that's um, S-I-S-T-A-R, uh, cipher, C-Y-P-H-E-R dot org. Correct? That's correct. Okay. So so you now you know where to, where to go learn a little bit more. Also, um, from a Love Never Fail standpoint, wanted to just um, make mention of a few things. So we are doing our, starting our Mentors for Positive Change training in Sacramento. Um, and that is tomorrow, September 11th. It'll be the 11th, the 18th, and 25th. That's 18 hours of, of training. And you come away with a certificate in, in being a mentor, able to mentor with a, a survivor and or an at-risk youth. Um, please reach out to mentors with an S at the end at loveneverfailsus.com for more information. That'll be three Sundays from 12 until 6.30 p.m. there in Sacramento. Also, uh, we want to invite you to come out September 17th in Oakland, Harmonic Reduction put on by Stellium. There's going to be Adele the Funky Homo Sapien, Black Alicious, a variety of other hip-hop artists that are actually committing their work uh, towards raising funds for the Protect Education program, as well as a uh, organization called Visayan that is doing this uh, great work uh, to restore survivors in the Philippines. So come out September the 17th. There's an event bright on it. It's $20 a ticket. It'll be held in Oakland off of 19th. And 
and um, it should be a great opportunity to learn more about what we're doing from a protect standpoint and what people are doing in the community to fight against human trafficking. Also on September 25th, we're going to be um, doing uh, some praise dancing and some advocacy over at um, in partnership with the International Justice Mission um, uh, for Freedom Sunday. And that is going to be held at the um, Peninsula Bible Church in Cupertino. Um, so please do come out. That's 8.30 and 10.30 in the morning. We're going to be doing um, some pretty amazing things there. Um, also want to support our partners, Arm of Care. They're doing a fundraiser in Danville from 5 to 8 p.m. September 25th. Um, check out their website on that and support them. They do somatic and art therapy, movement therapy for survivors of human trafficking in the, in the uh, um, uh, juvenile hall, and they come into our houses. They're a great organization. Please do support them. Um, also, October 1st, the BAATCH, or T, um, Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition, um, is doing ambassador training from 10 to 12 p.m. Um, check out their website for more information on that. And then lastly, we want to just invite you to become a um, be one of the million ways uh, that we fight human trafficking by donating $1 a month. That's just $1 a month. Um, and you can go to our website, uh, loveneverfailsus.com forward slash million, uh, where you can sign up. And it is through PayPal. If you don't like PayPal, you can click the link at the bottom and skip on over to Razoo and give $12 a year. How about that? So we've made it, um, you know, we've made it as, as simple as we can, a dollar a month um, to do uh, all this work that, um, you know, we've been doing. And, and we couldn't do it without your help, including this radio show. So please do support. Um, we do appreciate everything uh, that you're doing in the community, Zania. Um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And so look for more to come here um, from the Women's Creative Collective, um, hope, hoping and praying that we can get um, more of this, um, uh, more of the ciphers kind of spread throughout the Bay Area. I think that it would be an awesome opportunity for young people to get involved. With that in mind, uh, we also want to leave everyone who's sort of listening in with a very important message. We want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. And this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.